This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where the children are always wrong. I am your host Bob Mackey, some sort of non-giving up podcast guy. <laughs> and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Happily mortgaging his future, Henry Gilbert. And who else? Chris Antista does it nine months a year. Huh. And today's episode is The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Ah, the joys of mortgaging your future. And that episode aired on May 5th, 1994, and as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this day in history. <gasps> oh my God! Mary. Uh, the Three Ninjas kick back in their very first sequel, John Wayne Gacy has been executed, and ever the Simpsons companion, Rock, starring Charles S. Dutton, takes a bow after Aww. four seasons. Oh, wow. That's inc- I thought that was incredibly important to mention. I know we've made asides to that, but when The Simpsons moved to Thursday, mm. it was always before Rock. A yeah, show I, I never loved, but watched a lot of I because watched a lot of the of Simpsons. Rock. And they eventually made it a live show. They did to, to save sort of themselves. The pot. Mm-hmm. He would hold like like a hostage. He would hold up a newspaper of today's headlines <laughs> and like, yeah, it's going to be a live show. But it, did, it didn't save undateable either, though. Going no, live, but, uh, so. an all new rock. I just mm-hmm. it is synonymous with me in the for the with the first couple years of the Simpsons. And odds well, are, if you lived in America, same for you. It's so interesting too that the Simpsons on those nights got paired with. Not one, but two shows with an African-American lead, like Martin and Rock. It, yeah. it, it, oh, and they're not really and the same like, as... In yeah. Living Color. Like, yeah, and in Living Color. Because Rock, Rock was the uh, the single guy mm. in the middle of its Friends and Seinfeld sandwich. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> but this yeah. would be the end of the... This, we're getting close to the end of the Thursday of Simpsons. They'll be yeah, on Sunday soon. On Sunday. But it wouldn't be the last mm. preachy black sitcom. Uh, no. My favorite... Uh, Talking about Tyler Perry's uh, House of Pain. Uh, all 800 episodes of it. One of my favorite new shows is Carmichael, which yeah. is kind of... I, it just When you said rock, it made me think of the Carmichael show because they both are like very traditional, yeah. styled old sitcoms that like basically never leave the living room yeah. of a big house. But have and giant, long conversations. Mm-hmm. And what the difference there stuff. is that David Allen Greer gets to play the Archie Bunker character, yes. and that makes yeah. it awesome. The Carmichael show will this. give you faith in the sitcom. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, Dag is awesome. You should watch. Uh, Dag is awesome on it. Mm-hmm. The uh, in the first season, if I were to direct you to watch a couple Carmichael's, the one about Black Lives Matter was really good. Okay. As was the one about gun guns. And is it okay to own a gun or not? I and think I have heard about both of these episodes. Mm-hmm. I forgot about the show, but uh, talking I, about, I saw I saw it in the, getting my sandwich, and that's what made me fall in love with it. Oh. Like they, they ring the doorbell, and David Allen Greer answers, like, "Where's mom? She's in the goddamn kitchen where she belongs." I'm just kidding. She's in the kitchen, but on her own volition. <laughs> <laughs> and Simpsons Connection, Mike Scully does work on that show. So. Oh, he does? Okay, yep, yeah. We mentioned uh, Three Ninjas, and uh, <laughs> I that was sort of the like post-Home Alone yeah. kids beating up adults yeah. uh, genre. Uh, and all I remember of the first movie, I, that's the only one I saw, is they, they they defeated one of the villains, or maybe all of them, by giving them diarrhea. Yep. Yeah, it was... Like, it was they, um, they, they mixed a potion that gave one of them diarrhea. They, they, they marketed it as in, like, Home Alone is for queers. <laughs> we really prank 
shoot these burglars. We got fucking nunchucks. <laughs> We're gonna break them. Um, I think the well, they they had to get at least silly with diarrhea because otherwise it's like these kids are punching adults and that feels <laughs> yeah. weird. But though, then I remember I think my mom said it when we saw the first one of like. That kid's six. No matter how good a kid is at karate, he punches me in the face. I'm not going down. Right? I, it does. Oh, it's a kick back or three yeah. ninjas. Sorry, yeah, I was just thinking ninjas. of Home Alone, which the latter half is just a Warner Brothers cartoon. Oh no, I love it. His, no. their heads would have been caved in three times. In, yeah, in the that first is like Home Alone. eight minutes of a two-hour movie. Just that <laughs> scene. It's much yeah. shorter than you remember. But yeah, today's episode is all about uh, Bart uh, witnessing something and then having to uh, hold the secret deep within his heart. Yes. Yeah. A it, 12 Angry Menish? Um, sort of. A little bit. Uh, Hitchcock title? It's, yeah, the, the Hitchcock stuff does not figure into this at all. No. It's Well, it is what's a great John Schwartzwelder episode in that it is just a mess of things, but everything's yeah. great and, and crazy and wacky. And lots and lots of making fun of Democrats. Yeah. Specifically the Kennedys. After the previous episode, which was Bart befriends Skinner. One week later, you were yes. seeing an episode where Skinner tries to kill Bart. They should have been to in reverse order. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a flip for Skinner, who just yeah. forgot about how he connected with Bart. But yeah, and I'll, that, and I'll maintain that sh- that uh, sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song should have been the season finale to like mm. dig oh, into yeah. a character that hard. I think that's why they ended up with two Skinners together. Mm-hmm. Is that they they rearranged that one? They chose that one to be the hundredth one for mm-hmm. that to be the event one because mm-hmm. they wanted a Bart focused episode. So. They just moved it to a different time, and maybe they should have shuffled a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. if they'd had Lady Bouvier here instead of this one, it would mm-hmm. have at least been like a, a swap. Yeah, I believe the intended season finale was supposed to be uh, Bart of Darkness. Yes, the summer episode. But there was wow. an earthquake, and we'll get to that soon. <laughs> yeah, give us four or five weeks, folks. Yes, uh, <laughs> but yeah, today's episode is all about uh, how school is a prison, and there's even a prison bus to pick you up. Prison bus auto. Regular school bus broke down, so take a seat before I blow your heads off. Otto! Oh, sorry. This bus and I have sort of a shining thing going on. <laughs> I, that's the most Otto's had to do with a joke of like, that joke has more to do than just Otto likes rock music yeah, or Otto stoner. is a stoner. It's mm-hmm. that Otto is being driven crazy by this bus. Yeah, there's nothing really Otto-ish about that joke. No. He's just the bus driver. Well, and his voice kind of becomes Jasper at the end there, too. Yeah, a little the, bit. Fine line between Jasper and Otto for Harry Shearer. But is th- Jasper Otto's dad? Quick, write a uh, bad article about this. I can, uh, you know, if we were really out to get rich that would be all we'd be doing when we do in this show we'd be just doing videos with a picture of like auto is yeah. jasper's auto yeah. here's and a visual example of a form thread i read <laughs> <laughs> but the uh this is so murkiny too like school is a prison and horror and it's torture to children for no good reason yeah, I, yeah. I haven't had a chance to mention it in a while but that is exactly how i felt at mm-hmm. same age. here that's yeah. why i love this show it's yeah. like oh my god they're speaking directly to me they're not saying school is so wonderful and fulfilling they're like no it hurts and it's painful yeah. and you just want to be outside and free yeah. and i think and there were still worry warts and watchdogs like slandering the simpsons this it was like four or five down on the notches that like they make school look like a prison and they're, they're attacking mad. american institutions <laughs> yeah. on that program and the uh, the shining reference is kind of a tell of that <laughs> in like about six episodes though six months they're going to do the greatest shining parody yeah. ever done. But Otto didn't say shining because he wasn't afraid of being sued. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh, one of the tortures Bart has to endure are these new posture chairs. Yes, yeah. Well, Bart's imagination of Huck Finn. Oh right. At first it was like, well, Bart would never have read this book <laughs> even if they forced him to. But then he'd learn a lot of awful words that would show him. I guess his ignorance is shown because Lincoln is there, which yes. even misspells. Did you catch that? He yeah. says oh, no. L-I-N-C-O-N. He, he leaves out the uh, silent L. Mm-hmm. 
Link on. But yeah, things don't get any better once he gets to school. Our new ultra-hard posturific chairs have arrived. They've been designed by eminent posturologists to eliminate <laughs> slouching by the year 3000. Wow. This is Krabappel. I'm having back spasms. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they seem a little uncomfortable right now. But eventually your bones will change shape. I lost all feeling in the left side of my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So one, they hadn't invented the term ergonomics yet. Mm, right, I guess not. Posturology. Posturology. And this is a, a dumb story, but it did happen in my school, and that makes that always made me understand the Millhouse joke a little better. This girl came into class, sat down, and then bell rang, and she couldn't stand, and the oh. hospital had to come get her. Oh. And they're like, what? She, okay, she's fine. She comes back to class. Uh, the next day, and the exact same thing happens. So, like, something in the chair would, like, Whoa. yeah, would, like, wow. Vulcan nerve pinch her into where she could not use her legs. Well, uh, I mean, that happened in my high school. I think we've learned, uh, or maybe they knew even then, that mm-hmm. sitting all day is not good for you, and it, can no. actually, it actually kills you. You should not be sitting all day when kids, that's all kids do uh, for eight hours a day. I can't just believe sit. I had to pay extra for a watch that tells me to stand. <laughs> <laughs> when? Does, does Minnie Mouse tell you to stand, Chris, on that watch? <laughs> yes. okay. Stand up, it's 420. When school chairs are, speci- are especially painful, mm. they're just molded plastic and cheap. It's mm. super cheap. Well, why would you spend money on children? <laughs> Look at it. I love seeing them thrown out all yeah, throughout, like when I'm riding my bike around the city, just because they're two parts. <laughs> yeah, there's no getting rid <laughs> of them break them easily. In half. And that the posturific chairs, especially, are what I think Merkin and the producers saw of bureaucracy that mm-hmm. they just heard. Oh, these chairs will make things better in 1,000 years. <laughs> okay, then let's torture children now for 1,000 years to make spines to be better. Yeah, and that it is chilling how real. The paralysis is a millhouse. Good animation. And that Edna doesn't care. And that, again, from the last episode, which was a rather grounded story about the running of a school, other than, you know, chasing a dog through air vents, but mostly grounded. (laughs) Then you have this one, which is a sci-fi hellscape of of a a school torturing the students. It is very terrible. And uh, Bart had been tampering with the clock all year with the little Mm. bastard clock tampering kit. Yeah. And they have to stay after. And Edna is somehow, like, happy about this. Mm. I guess she's just happy Ah. to punish them. Yeah, this is a rare episode where... Edna prefers hurting the children to doing her job yeah. less. Normally, she prefers to do a worse job. And they little. This is the first appearance of little bastard. Debut little bastard. Kid. Though we'll only see it three other times because the mm-hmm. little bastard thing was. Merkin really liked it, but I don't think anybody else did because it wasn't kept around the. It was uh, the little bastard kit was used by Barthead in Itchy and Scratchy Land. All right, and then the the traveling kit, and and then in the Joy of Sect, there are two little bastards. Bart tries to little bastards. the the movementarians, but they get him back with their own little bastard. I kit. had one. I we made ourselves a little bastard kit. My <laughs> friend who hadn't seen The Simpsons thought it was the most amazing name I'd ever given mm-hmm. anything, but it was filled with uh, glass cutters, <laughs> suction cups, uh, a wire tap. Yeah, his dad had money. Were you he part was of a, like an art thievery? He ring? was like What's an happening? he was like an aspiring like Quentin Tarantino esque hitman and thief as a little boy. <laughs> like uh, yeah, it's like to break into stuff. Still a good friend. Seeing the word bastard on screen as a kid made it more impactful than uh, just yeah. if they had said it out loud. Like, well, they would have wrote a swear on screen. We did hear yeah. the bastard song in uh, bastard, bastard. Powell song or, or Powell episode. Herb, not Herb. What am I saying? And then Bart is distracted by seeing Freddie Quimby first introduced outside. <laughs> the window mm. and writes a note to get away which Edna should have just called him out 
on it right then instead of just letting him go. Then we have a cute little Batman 66 reference of oh, the right. crime computer. Mm. Yeah, actually, it's funny that in the previous episode, uh, Skinner gets in hot water for not trusting a child's uh, word on something. <laughs> So I guess this is why they want to make sure. Oh, yeah. They want to make doubly sure. Well, they probably had, like, a lawsuit over (laughs) Weinstein's parents. (laughs) (laughs) They also reveal more to the sci-fi hellscape thing that Martin implanted a thing in his brain. (laughs) Yes, he's just happily sitting there while this thing is beeping. Voluntarily. Yeah. Again, it's it's impossible for me to not view this next to Sweet Seymour Skinner because Mm -hmm. it was on my tape next to it. So you see Martin go from a kid who would bake cookies for his teacher and be a suck up in that way to like to have elective brain surgery <laughs> so the school tracked. knows where he is yeah it's, it is such a big difference and then we get a cute scene of good cop bad cop with oh, lisa spill it where's your brother you'd better answer him lisa he's a bad man <laughs> what are you laughing about <laughs> you started off as the bad cop and now you're the good one you and Willie got mixed up about ten minutes ago. We did not. Now, where's Bart? You better tell me. Oh, you better tell him, Lassie. I cannot control him when he gets like this. <laughs> now you're the good cop. What? <laughs> I like how the scene ends with just him saying, what? Uh, and I was what? I was cringing. I'm like, because obviously we do the show and try and figure out what everything's a reference to. And I was like, mm-hmm. don't put Lisa in a basic instinct reference. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Because it's framed like that for almost a second. Willie yeah. would do that later. <laughs> yeah, we'd get that from Willie in just one year. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't even know if basic instinct was out at this point. It was. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, but not for them to have put it in production. They made fun of the movie that uh, Sharon Stone did after that in mm-hmm. uh, Burns' Air, Sliver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And also on the critic, they did do in their first episode, oh, right. their first jokes yeah. is the beaver shot. Can we get a shot parody. of that? <laughs> shot of that? Bart is mortgaging his future happily, and we get some pretty well done scary hobos. Like those are some, those are some terrifying hobos who want to show Bart a dead body. I always thought of that line, "mortgaging my future," whenever I had to sign up for a new student loan. Oh, <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, is that is it funny, Bob? I can. Uh, <laughs> it will never be funny. I'm in a lot of financial pain. Thank you for giving us money, by the way. Yes, no. thanks everybody. I I would think of it whenever I would just like, man, I'm not going to do that project. I'll do that project tomorrow. I'll do that project. As a, as a student in Let school. Let future Bob deal with that. I fucking yeah. hate that guy. <laughs> well, I, yes, I always mortgage my future as a student. I, I'm smarter than Bart, but I was just as lazy. In, <laughs> and I think maybe that was, it was the gifted kid curse that didn't happen to every kid in my gifted classes, but I had that feeling of like, well, okay, I'm gifted. I'm smart. I don't have to do this project now. I bet if I just did it tomorrow or if I wrote this thing right before school, it'll be just as good. I'll to play a video I learned that game. Lesson too, it happened yeah. to me. My parents put me on too much of an accelerated course before school, and I got used to not paying attention, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to pay attention until about sixth grade. By then, I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Fuck you, mom and dad. <laughs> so uh, on his day off, Bart does a lot of stuff. Uh, he goes to see the Boobarama Triple Future, <laughs> and uh, Skinner is on his trail, right? I like that despite him being more savage in this episode than he was in the previous one, he is just as much of a square, and it leads to one of my favorite lines ever. Boy, there are no children here at the 4-H club either. Am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. I, I think that's <laughs> rightfully the most enduring line from this episode, this episode. Yeah. it's not my favorite I found mm. I thought it would be I love it it's definitely one yeah. of the best lines in the show of mm. all time I think well yes. and it sums up it's it's why it's become a meme because it sums up things so perfectly mm-hmm. you're just like is it wrong that I don't know who this Disney star is or that, <laughs> yeah. that kids didn't watch this remake of a thing I liked no 
It's a chill. I always think well. of that when uh, comedians get really cranky about how mm-hmm. certain people don't think certain jokes are funny anymore, and yes. they make giant movies about it. Just like, no, uh, you're old now, and you're out of touch. Uh, mm-hmm. It happens to everybody. Yeah, I, welcome I, to the ride. Yeah, I feel like if they would worship George Carlin, but I bet George Carlin probably had a moment like, oh, that's not for me anymore. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, why would I complain about this new TV show? It's not for me. Like, I don't care. I'm, I'm of two minds of it. Yes, it, it is a barometer and a constant reminder for content creators like myself that mm-hmm. you're. Your audience is kind of never wrong, mm-hmm. uh, yep. but also yes, they are sometimes. <laughs> yes, they are because if you didn't appreciate Don Rickles in 2017 before we lost him, mm-hmm. you were wrong. I I appreciate it. You what? were wrong. Not you. I'm saying yes. the kids. The children. Uh, the I children see. are right, and we're, we're turning this into talking Minecraft starting next year. So look out for that. <laughs> yes. Well, you all know, about Undertale coming uh-huh. this fall. So the 4-H Club is still around, by the way. It, it's, no, it's not. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Holy what are the 4-H's? Uh, uh, okay, art, so handwriting. Uh, so the 4-H Club. Club is a it was a very wholesome club started a, a decades and decades ago to help craft children into better adults and to to help them find themselves and then just build characters it's like a free after school program kind of yeah and there's there according to wikipedia 6.5 million members in 2007 wow. and it's in 50 different countries and the four H's of it, I was going to do the whole pledge, but it is like 30 words long. I don't <laughs> read that. Let's skip it. <laughs> the four H's are committed to head, heart, hands, and health. As in, you want to be smarter, you want to be more caring, you want to get hands-on and building things to help your Great. community, and you need to be healthier. So, now, you know. Sing- and single out paraplegics. Problematic, yes. I call it. It's just like, yeah. well, you failed at health care. Pl- what about the capitees? What about oh. the amputees of the world? That's just sad. I mean, or children with heart conditions. Exactly. Yeah, I'm so upset. So we get a kind of a gross scene where uh, Skinner tastes Bart's gum. Yes. And yeah. uh, again, like, if there's a word I don't get, if there's a reference I, I need to look into, yeah, I always do it. Yeah, that? When Skinner finds Bart's gum, he says, a spore. That he uses the word spore, yeah. and I had to look it up and go on like two pages of Google to find what spore meant because I've, I've seen this episode fifty times. I didn't know what spore was, or maybe I misheard it. But a not, spore, S P O R E, S P O O R. Okay, it's a track, a trail, a scent, or droppings, Holy especially shit. of a wild animal. So whoa, so Skinner is tracking Bart like an animal, like picking up his leavings. Holy shit! Yeah, wow, I had spore. no clue. Yes, I had uh, no clue. That it was, was a what groundbreaking, eye opening for me. I didn't even. Know he said the word spore, but I, I always have the captioning on now when I watch these to make sure. Well, I have a couple of secret things I found too. Is that in the auction scene where Bart is pranking the auction? Mm-hmm. One, there are two Franks listed on the wall of like the oh. auction names, mm-hmm. and that two sitting behind Bart next to the other guy who will run away who is pranking the auction is Joey Jojo Junior <laughs> Shabadoo. Man, that guy gets around. Holy yes. shit. I mean, obviously, they just dug a design out of their yeah. garbage. But I'm sure he's all over the place. We need to look for him now. We have to do a Joey Jojo yeah. watch in every hey, episode. Hey, Joey Jojo! Joey Jojo! That could be the alarm if we find a Joey Jojo. That's awesome. Right. I, I love being able to say this in 2017. I thought all the Skinner tracking jokes were Terminator 2. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't had not seen the Michael Crichton movie Westworld. Same here. Yes. And yeah. I love being able to say that in 2017 because... More people might get what that is now. We do um, have one more thing I want to explore, though, yeah. which I don't think anyone will get now. I don't even think they use this uh, jingle or this uh, tagline or if the gum. I think the gum <laughs> oh, still exists, we, but double mint gum. 
Like, you want to double oh, your you pleasure, got your, Bart. you got a goddamn clip. Yeah, you want to double your pleasure, Bart, I'll double your detention. It was a really good line. Yes, uh, so this gum was <laughs> invented... only someone had heard it. <laughs> this gum was invented in 1915, but the twin-based ad started in 1939. I thought this was invented in the Holy 80s, because Whoa. we just watched Spaceballs live on Laser Time, and <laughs> there, there's an ad about the doublement twins, Chew Your Gum. You know, mm-hmm. he's hanging out with two hot Chew- twins. Mm-hmm. So it was oh, always... I never read that joke as yeah. a... Doubleman line. It's doubleman wow. line. So it was a standard twin reference like, yes. for a long time. I mean, in the secret, uh, the secret sexuality of these ads is like two girls at once, eh? Yeah. You got you that gum, buddy. So here's one of the earlier ones from the 60s. Here's a tip you'll appreciate. It pays to have a smile that's bright to help you look and feel just right. Double your pleasure, <laughs> double your fun with double good, double good, double mint gum. I resent this, go. Bob, because this is. I came to the table to get my favorite Doubleman commercial. Oh, I'm going to update this with a little, a little '90s sass. That's the one we remember. This is like '91, probably, right? Oh yeah. No That's two kinds of mints, folks. There we go. And there are sexy twins at the end, as there should be. You know, I'm not into those. Double mint was not my gum. Well, maybe it was. I well, we now just, we just talked about it. it on Laser Time when you guys came on for a show about the Simpsons, how the Simpsons changed the world, mm-hmm. and we attributed uh, Bart and the Simpsons to the longevity of Butterfinger. And since then, Nestle has announced they're selling it because they don't give a fuck. Um, whoa, they're just selling off that bar. They're selling bar? off, I think, their candy bars. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. man. I was also thinking, you know, the double mint gum thing is built around sexuality, the advertising, and also. Of the cheap stick gum variety. Yes. Big Red is like, you're going to suck face longer with yeah. this shit. It, Cram it in your mouth. You're right. I didn't think, it was, I didn't think yeah. it was a thing that would be dated, but I watch kids' cartoons, mm-hmm. and there are not gum commercials anymore. Well, Especially a commercial yeah. for a 25-cent I feel thing. like that double mint was old lady gum. Yeah, that and, and Big like, Red fruit. and yeah. Wrigley's. Well, I see that as in the 90s, stick-based gum just became boring and old. Yeah, and they're like, not stick no, gum. no, 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 it's time, it's time to have atomic mints that destroy your mouth. <laughs> That's the 90s. Be cool in the 90s. And now, gum is still big, but it's like cups of gum with yeah. a candy outside of it. It's not you're not unraveling gum, and or like in the old Tylenol packets mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. I like, like orbits. The, the, and the biggest Orbit. news gum related recently was that Sean Spicer guy eats gum every day, and he was told by his doctor like it's okay, you can eat gum. He's like okay, because it's, it's an just easy a way nervous to, tick he has. It's like an easy just, way to burn calories. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. And so uh, Skinner is on Bart's trail, and this is all Westworld stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chris, yeah. I thought it was T2. I, so did I, but I'd never I seen Westworld. Get, yeah. And it's great. And I love, if you haven't seen Westworld and you've seen the show, check it out. Because they yeah. really fuck with, like, having seen Westworld and watching the first couple episodes of the show, they are really fucking with you. They want you to think you're getting a remake of the movie. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the show And yet, not so. not to spoil it, but Ed, Ed Harris is dressed up like the Yule Brenner mm. nonstop monster. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's who Skinner is playing. Well, so if you haven't seen Westworld, it is Jurassic Park, yes. written by Michael Cry and directed, well. Oh, you're right. I think yeah. maybe, yeah. Yeah, so Michael Crichton was a filmmaker in Hollywood in the 70s, mm-hmm. and he made a film Westworld mm-hmm. about Disney World for adults, yeah. except now the rides are going to kill you. Well, they malfunctioned, and, yes. uh, and, and Yul Brenner is, is embodied by Yul Brenner, the T-Rex Yul Brenner of the movie. plays a robot of himself, mm-hmm. which is so so great. Yeah, and, and Itchy and Scratchy Land in the next year's uh, episodes, that's totally. Jurassic Park meets Westworld. Yep. Yes, yeah, and that... Oh, and the movie contains the debut mm. of a Pixar animation. There's oh. a hand on the wall that's a 3D model, and that's Pixar. Pixar's first wow, uh, public animation, yeah. But that Westworld is an amazing film that I 
minor spoilers for the movie Westworld, but what mm-hmm. I love about it is once the robots malfunction and they're always supposed to lose and mm-hmm. they can't kill you. Yeah. And then Yul Brenner says, draw. And then James Brolin, who is the handsome actor you, who you figure, <laughs> well, this is the star of the movie, if mm-hmm. anyone is. He is shot and killed. Yeah. And then his friend is like, wait, no, you're not supposed to. What? Like, just him realizing what's wrong. And then Yul Brenner again going, Draw. <laughs> and yeah, so once it enters Endgame, <laughs> Skinner poses like the Yule Brenner yep. robot who is slowly walking after the scared little mousy dude yeah. who they, is being chased. They do a great job of animating him as an intimidating robotic yeah. figure, just him scaling <laughs> the cliff with dead eyes. Just a, yes. a, a graceful and, Frankenstein. And again, after humanizing him so much <laughs> in the last episode, they dehumanize him he's, entirely. He's literally a robot now. He becomes a robot. <laughs> it's also I feel like a little little flavor of Terminator 1 style Terminator is hmm, in there too especially sure when Bart Lee is leaving the ice cream shop and sees the person it reminds me more of when somebody turns and see the, sees a Terminator like oh shit I gotta run the one thing that annoyed me in this episode the one thing I didn't like and it will last less than a second but it's that when Bart turns the corner to run away from Skinner mm-hmm. he will end up at that at the bridge but to connect those two, they pull out two scenes of Bart running yeah. just yeah. to get him that distance away. They're like, well, wait, I, I can see how they did it. They're like, no, in this animation, he's in town, and then he's in the middle of nowhere the next second. You have to do something. So they take a shot of Bart running from dogs, from Dog of Deaths in, mm-hmm. in Burns' backyard, and then Bart running down a mountain from a boulder in Camp Krusty. That's funny. I did pick up on the Dog of Death animation. Mm-hmm. I definitely picked up on the Camp Krusty because it's so out of place. Yeah. Bart looks a little different, and he's not acting the right way, and he's like just... I mean, I remember the scene. The boulder is about to crush him. Yeah. Like he's running from a boulder. But that the... The Dog of Death one is so brief, or it might be from Thanksgiving. It's one of the two times it's he runs. Death. Okay. It's it's less than a second. They both mm-hmm. want them to just be subliminal to tell you Bart got somewhere else and we couldn't animate a new thing. But <laughs> it's so distracting of seeing even season three animation or uh, looks completely out of place in season but five. before we find out skinner is some sort of non-giving up school guy <laughs> homer and bart run into each other they're both playing hooky <gasps> can't let dad see me playing hooky i can't let the boys see me skipping work good afternoon how do you do sir <laughs> Like <laughs> they just think they fooled each other when they fooled no one. Yes, <laughs> and then Homer—it's the only scene Homer has until halfway through the episode. But it's a very—it's a very funny scene. And he holds a comb in front of his nose yeah. as a mustache. Uh, I, I, How do you do, sir? I do love that non-giving up school guy line. Oh my God, he is like some sort of non-giving up school guy he's finally got bart and it's kind of a cheap but i do like how they at least frame it that the car you notice the car but not enough to know for sure that that's how bart's going to get away but it's a it's a good excuse to get bart away from skinner and skinner says i can smell his fear yes (laughs) and then now i was shocked i feel like they would definitely not do it here where Bart would just pull out a knife with no explanation. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, Bart's got a knife. I was yeah, thinking like, of that. He won his uh, his anti Donnie don't badge. Yeah, I had I had a pocket knife. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had a pocket yeah. knife, and I had a, a what is it called? Fireman's clip. It's what you get in Boy Scouts when you're uh, authorized to have a, a knife. I, I would have had one by this. It point. was yet another example of someone enjoying a knife <laughs> on The Simpsons. 
So we go straight <laughs> from a Westworld parody into the Kennedy compound, or <laughs> yeah. the, the Quimby compound, and we get to see rich assholes, and it's really well done, and that shows you, too, that, like, all these jokes could work with the Trump family now, but it's just about entitled rich families. But the who Kennedy family was likable. They they have a lot more charm. The Kennedys <laughs> like, have a lot. They more were, charm. but it's still just like kind of tacky, new money uh, mm-hmm. people and uh, ill-behaved younger members yeah. of the family. I, I like that Freddie Quimby first says like I'm not paying you to talk, which uh, yeah. as a kid I did not understand that as an escort line. Mm-hmm. And so then they a- end up at the Quimby compound, which is just a straight up parody of the Kennedy compound, which is located at. 100 Marchant Avenue on in Hyannisport, Massachusetts. And they've lived there for decades and decades. It's the big family thing. Like, mm-hmm. weddings happen there. With the dwindling number of Kennedys left, it's where they did stuff. It was it was the base of operations for John, Ken- John F. Kennedy when they would do stuff there. But the Quimby compound is today host to... Freddie's like I forgot it was Freddie's 18th, 18th birthday. birthday. That's right. Yeah, he's still really young. So he's a real piece of shit. Yes, yeah. 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 And, uh, here's how to know just how bad Freddie Quimby is. Give me the ball. <laughs> People, the punch has been spiked. <laughs> <laughs> that's my nephew displaying the Quimby wit that's won the public's heart. <laughs> Happy birthday, Freddie. And may all your disgraces be uh, private. <laughs> That's going to be. So I'm putting this out here now, Henry. Now that we have the Patreon going, I want to do every season a uh, cut episode episode for mm-hmm. a Patreon. Oh, yes. Because yeah. I've been watching a lot of these in context of the actual episodes because they're all on the fourth disc. It makes it much easier to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's more specific Kennedy stuff in this episode they cut. Oh, in wow. fact, uh, Bart meets a, a version of Rosemary Kennedy. Uh, who was... Uh, are obsessed with a goddamn Kennedy. Yes, but she was like the uh, JFK's older sister, mm-hmm. aging pretty badly in public, but still attending events. And when Bart meets her, she comes out in that Star Trek-like pod from the oh, first episode of Star gosh, Trek. Oh my yes. The Captain Pike's uh, Exactly. Thing. Yes, wow. Yeah. And uh, Bart asks her a question, and she just answers him with her mouth. Like, <laughs> there's no reason for her to be in that, but uh, she like comes out hovering in that thing. That is everything of a 60s child nostalgia right there. It really is, Kennedy yeah. reference literally Dressed up in a Star Trek reference. That is, well, I mean, you can't not be obsessed with the Kennedys. It's like mm-hmm. if the if you grew up, then they're making this episode has references to Batman. They'll have all these references to Beatles, mm-hmm. Beatles, Batman, Kennedys. Like that was all the '60s. I mean, Kennedys were sort of American royalty briefly, or yes, they were yeah. working their way. Towards I think that's that. part they were well, cut down. Yeah, well, both even, of them. Quite a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, even in the '90s, before John John went mm-hmm. away, which Bart Bart is a reference to John Bart, John Bart, that had to yeah. be explained to me. <laughs> I did that, not get that at all. But the idea of a the idea of a Kennedy of just saying like oh it's a Kennedy like it still was like wow and it had a lot of cachet it's why it was a huge deal on in an episode of Seinfeld of just yeah. getting with John John and that that um, Jane leaves would lose her virginity to John Kennedy <laughs> oh, right. all, and the the Virgin episode I forgot about of that. Seinfeld yeah so the Kennedys had a ton of cachet and obviously. Quimby was always a Kennedy joke. Like, Mayor Quimby was always a Kennedy joke. At first, just his voice, but then they were like, we could do more with this. And they deepened it every time, but this is the first time you've seen the family of Quimby's that are the (laughs) Kennedy family. We we have seen his wife before, who is wearing the uh, pillbox hat and everything. She is Jackie O. Yeah, but uh, we even get to the find out like named after Jackie O. (laughs) Yeah. That is so. More coincidence coming your way. So that's the. Well, I think that also is what. 
complicates it too is that they mix up the Kennedy references mm-hmm. that the Bouvier family mm-hmm. is that is the name of the maiden name of Jackie Onassis Kennedy mm-hmm. and uh, but Bart is so entranced in the Quimby family slash Kennedy family that he's even meeting the famous in-laws of the Kennedys. Hey, McBain, I'm a big fan, but your last movie really sucked. I know. There were script problems from day one. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. Magic ticket my ass, McBain. Maria, (laughs) my mighty heart is breaking. I'll be in the Humvee. God, you really see Wiggum roast someone like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> magic tick in my ass, McBain. But, well, so, but a really blurred line in the Rainier yes. Wolfcastle. Uh, so first off, they're not calling him Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah. They are calling him McBain, which they they couldn't do McBain parodies yeah. anymore at this mm-hmm. time, or they were told not to. What a weird choice. Wait, they were? I mean... Yeah, because the McBain movie, mm. like they, the the producers didn't want to do it, but they were told by Fox overhead, like, no, there is a movie called McBain coming out now, so you can't have McBain I, movie things. But like, but we had them first. I think that this this fictional last action hero mm. parody oh. is a McBain movie in the Simpsons universe, yes. and Wiggum is calling oh. him by his character's name. Well, so, but that also How? means within the Simpsons universe, there is no Arnold Schwarzenegger, except there is because he becomes the Secretary of State. Or no, he becomes fucking president. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So in this point, there is no Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Simpsons universe. So then Rainier Wolfcastle starred in The Last Action Hero, which, in case you didn't know what the magic ticket Woo! refers to... I love this fucking Here's the movie. thing. I think, like Waterworld, this became a really easy punching bag for yeah. the media to hit. And it's mm. not as bad as people say it well, is, really. I, no, it's a, no it's such a different time in media, and I'm, I know I'm fucking being nostalgic, but like we're even bombs re- had like resonance in the zeitgeist yeah I this mean, is a movie no one saw I love this film I think it was all like schadenfreude because Schwarzenegger didn't have a flop yeah, not before yet. this really I mean no. even fucking Jim Belushi movies he was I, in I, were doing well I think around like before Jim Carrey is rising up this year he was one him and Mel Gibson were the highest paid actors in Hollywood uh, record paychecks I, yeah. I remember, remember all, all these newspapers couldn't stop breaking down how much he got paid for how, by the word in T two because he yeah. says he says barely so anything. <laughs> I mean, he's the the work is his is his yeah. muscles. It's something they don't talk about with like movie stars, and they just see them on screen. You're like, you know, I had to work out for six months to do this. this like, is, they, I love Last Action Hero. It is the JCVD <laughs> being John Malkovich of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He plays this meta is, version of yes, himself. Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger is in the movie. It was released yes. the previous summer too, so yeah. they had plenty yeah. of time to make fun of it. So, but specifically, a magic ticket. Jack Slater. But tonight, a magic ticket It's a passport to another world Will get Danny closer to the action Than anyone ever dreamed This is really dumb Holy cow, I'm in the movie It's a little kid is warped into an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie And then Arnold is warped out Yes, well, uh, so first he lives... It is really funny as a meta film. It's, it's it, really cool. Taken his, by itself. What is, his ex-partner is Danny DeVito is a cartoon cat. Yes, and but he just accepts it. And in that world, <laughs> Stallone is... Was Stallone Terminator. is Arnold. Yeah, and they go to... Like, that's what I just love in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. That he lives in a movie world, so the kid just goes like, okay, all the phone numbers are 555. He's like, oh, there's area codes. He's like, okay, let's go to a blockbuster in this world and see what movies are on shelves. Yeah, it feels like this was written for Roger Ebert because he 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 used to write those books full of like things that only happen in movies, and they were always really fun to read. But 
I'll tell you why this movie was a bomb. Jurassic Park opened June 11th. Oh. This movie ah. opens June 13th. Basically, if you're not Jurassic Park, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. In the summer of 93, you're doomed. That movie cool. spent a year in theaters, people. Mm. Cannot, well, I cannot underemphasize how, how successful there Jurassic There was no Park avoiding was. Jurassic Park, but it was also like... People, it came at a time, I think, when people wanted Arnold to fail at something. Or also, it turned into this inverse thing where they spent so much money on ads. Mm -hmm. So very many. And I think when people can, I think when the mainstream audiences can tell you want it to be a hit. And it doesn't feel organic. Then you go like, oh, then I'm not buying this. Which is different from like, Jurassic Park obviously had tons of fucking marketing behind Mm -hmm. it. But it felt more natural than just like... Oh, the last action hero toys are on shelves before the movie is out. But it was an, a, a, like an anxiously awaited, based on a bestseller from a someone with, let's say, the best pedigree in all the film. Yes, whereas yeah. this this didn't have that cachet. Mm-hmm. It was just Arnold can't fail. Let's make yeah. a make, let's make the silliest thing we can think of. Ultimately, I, this was not a flop mm-hmm. in terms of profit. Uh, budget eighty five million, kind of pricey for a movie oh, in yeah. ninety three. But the box office returns one thirty seven million. So mm-hmm. no, they could have it could have made more money. They probably thought it was going to be like a huge huge movie but it still didn't lose them money that Lego budget, Batman for Arnold <laughs> well that budget does not take into account the massive That's amounts true. of marketing they did I mean I'm they, sure the SNES game uh, turned a tidy <laughs> profit right they literally launched an ad into space for this movie. Like, oh, they really? really did do I that. I think there were. This had to be in every video game magazine, every comic oh, yeah. book. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah, like you know, it's like you're this kid. You're yep. gonna have fun with uh, Arnie. I well, was wondered who was gonna be the first to mention it because that's what I remember about <laughs> well, it. The film was also built to be like this is a PG-13 action mm-hmm. film. You can finally really market to kids yep. instead of having like parent groups say Terminator 2 shouldn't be marketed to kids it's mm-hmm. a R-rated movie in other words not what Arnold fans wanted no they want him no. to blow people's brains out though mm-hmm. Arnold was getting into PG-13 at this time anyway like he had the rule in T2 of like I don't kill cops like mm-hmm. I don't I'm a good guy now and I don't murder people mm-hmm. which is a stark contrast to Terminator 1 where he murders, he murders everybody and my last thing about last action here I'll oh. say is that <laughs> my friend growing up his name was Charlie I made friends with him after this movie came out, but he, for real, 98% the same look as the kid in the movie. He looked ex- same haircut and everything. It's but very face. popular 93 boys haircut. Was. Yes, yeah. And, uh, Consult Ra- My Girl 2 for more. <laughs> Rainier Wolfcastle was right. there with uh, a woman named Maria. Obviously, yes. Maria Shriver. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger's former yes. wife. No, they're still married. Uh, no. They're separated now. Are Chris. they? Oh, my He bad. dipped his mop in the uh, house mop bucket, <laughs> and uh, that's yes. a no-no. And uh, he has some illegitimate children, right? Well, as... As ridiculous as it seemed at the time and now seems all too normal, Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor of California and Mm -hmm. was the governor of California from 2003 to 2011. He would likely be our president now were it not for the Constitution. Mm -hmm. The premise of the Simpsons movie is sort of like, isn't it crazy that this guy is the president? And yeah, Mm -hmm. we don't have to say anything. And honestly, (laughs) I've I've heard people argue like, if he had gone against Trump, he would have destroyed Trump. He would have been like, oh, you're used to, you're insulting all these others. Uh, all these other politicians. I am also a celebrity and can insult you. I can worse. make fun like, of you, and I'm educated. Yes, yeah. yeah. He he married Maria. She was the first lady yeah. of California for those eight years. And she was in, the host of the Today Show. Well, so she she America? is a journalist. She mm-hmm. yeah. is the niece of John F. Kennedy. Yes, right. and that she was a journalist on the Today Show. And Maria Shriver was her name. And that then she married Arnold in the 80s. Like they've been t- they have been together for a very long time. And it was just a thing of like if you saw her on the Today Show, you'd say. 
oh, that's Arnold's wife. Mm -hmm. And she was the first lady of California. They perhaps made the decision to not get separated Mm -hmm. while he was governor. But within months of him leaving the governor's mansion, they were separated. (laughs) And it came out that he had illegitimate children who were like 16 in their teens who, uh, with the help, with their domestic uh, helpers. And so just like, and so they they are officially divorced. She now lives in one of their old houses. But like, not that she needs like, She's a fucking Kennedy. She doesn't need Schwarzenegger's money. Like I, I do like Arnold more than most Republicans, but that does feel like a strange power relationship. <laughs> yeah. You know, just be like, yeah. I could sleep with anyone in this house. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Very house of cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it's, Don't cheat on my wife. So yeah, Maria, she's back in the news in a, to a lesser extent. She still does it like when she feels like doing it. But so she's referred to on the wiki as Maria Quimby, but mm-hmm. I don't, that, that wouldn't actually fit. Like Maria, her name should be different. Like Wolf Shriver's. Castle. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, oh, she yeah. didn't become Maria Schwarzenegger. She was always Maria Shriver, whose father was a different name than Kennedy. Right. So it was Kennedy's sister's child. Yeah. yeah. So then Maria, so then she shouldn't be Maria Quimby. I know this is really digging into the That's particulars. That's what there, you're paying but, for people. <laughs> but that Maria Quimby had been divorced from Ramier Wolfcastle in the universe at one point in the episode in whatever season it was I uh, where Bart's dating the daughter of Rainier Wolfcastle and it is revealed that like he's splitting her time with her mother so they're divorced but then in the 2007 episode where Homer becomes a paparazzi and he basically works for J. Jonah Jameson which oh, I love right. J., like J.K. Simmons plays the editor-in-chief of it that's great I forgot about that choice uh Homer takes a photo of him with his wife, with Rainier and Maria together. So apparently they got back together in 2007. They, she has not made an appearance since then. We have talked for 17 minutes on this one <laughs> joke. But the last thing I want to say is that I think that joke is the writer saying that, like, in real life, Arnold Schwarzenegger does not give a shit that you can make fun of him and that he made a bad movie that failed. Oh, yeah. So they go to the other extreme, which is like, my mighty heart is breaking. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger probably does not, like, he probably didn't care. He probably went to the next movie he was going to do. Mm-hmm. So we're at the end of what I think is the longest first act of a Simpsons episode. Ah. When it ended, I paused my uh, DVD. And it was like half over. The episode yes. was half over. It's like an it's like an eleven minute first act. It is it is over nine minutes long. Yes, and that it. I think it has to be the longest first act they ever did. But that's when Freddie Quimby finds something very funny, and I just love how how good the animation is here of everyone else being just uncomfortable. Hey, what the hell is this? It's a bowl of shadow, sir. Wait a minute, come here. What did you call it? Say it loud enough so everyone can hear. Come on, say it. <clears throat> Shaudel. Ha ha ha! It's Chowder! Say it right! Shaudel. <laughs> Come back here! I'm not through demeaning you! God, he's so cruel and childish. Yeah. And uh, that waiter's name we find out later is Mr. Lacoste. Oh. And Lacoste is a famous brand of clothing, famous for the little alligator mm-hmm. uh, embroidery on it. And it was actually a French company that started making clothes for tennis. Yes. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a cheap French joke, in it other is, words. It is. It uh, is. Well, he is he is a cheap French joke in general. Yeah, he that's exists, true. He's like, I am the French waiter. <laughs> I am Chaldeo. so hot <laughs> It's impressive, too, the Castellaneta can do two distinctively <laughs> Quimby voices, but that are separate, yeah. too. Like, the, like you can Freddy's tell a little more nasal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not through demeaning you. <laughs> not through demeaning you. It's, such, it's, 
His voice is very similar to the JFK of Clone High as well. They're pretty oh, much the same dude, which yeah. I love. The Clone High is one of my favorite. I hope to someday we mm. do an episode about Clone High. It's a High. fun voice to do. Yes. The Simpsons will be right back. Hi, diddly ho, listenerinos. It's Henry Gilbert here, thanking you for listening to 100 episodes of Talking Simpsons. I'm assuming you listened to all of them. You have, right? Well, if you like this so much and you want to hear episodes a week early and want to hear tons of bonus things, including interviews with people who worked on classic Simpsons video games, the first episodes of Talking Critic, and much, much more, there's such an easy way to do that. Just go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. That's right. Bob and Henry have launched a Patreon to put all their exclusive Simpson-y goodness in one place and as a way to help them do it full time. Just $5 a month will get you access to so many things and $10 will give you even more cool access to upcoming exclusive stuff. Help us hit our next goal and we might just do a whole new publicly available podcast about Every animated show, one episode at a time. You heard that right. You can find out more details at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And again, thanks all of you so very much for listening. Here's to a hundred more. No, six hundred more. Yeah. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. My weekend did have some fun moments of... um Taking a surprise trip with my mom up to, to my uncle this. Eric's place, and uh, my strategy of not telling her I quit my job to not let her worry, <laughs> even though she subscribed to your podcast. Wow. Yes, look, I realized how stupid it was. Okay, I, I I was the coward. My mom was visiting, and I didn't tell her. Yeah. Basically, I ran the idea by her, and I was mm. like, "If I quit my job to do podcasting, mm-hmm. what, what would you think?" And she says, "I think you could make smart decisions, and I trust you to do that." And I was like, mm. "Okay, I still won't tell you, but you'll find out later when you're not." Here. I guess my, my parents just don't ask me questions. They don't understand what writing about video games is. They don't understand what podcasting is. Yeah. They just understand I can make a living off yeah, of it like, somehow. I haven't asked my that. parents yeah. for money in years, and I told them what it was, and, like, and they've mm. never asked again. Yeah. <laughs> my parents are still asking the same two questions every time they call. How is your job going? Yeah. And if, uh, as long as I say okay, and I don't need money, then they're fine. And uh, what time is it over there? Oh my god, Dave, I was thinking that exact thing. Still my, three hours ahead. Whenever Still my mom calls ahead. me, I've been living here for six years. What time is it there? They're just so like amazed by the time yeah. difference. It's great. It's minus two. Yeah. <laughs> three. Uh, we're three. on the metric time system now, and well, uh, I can't tell Ohio. you more. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again.
the sound of him getting smashed around, which we will later find out is him just falling around. I wish it was exactly the same as they the cheat. clip we'll see yeah. later, but it's just to get more jokes in it later, but to speed it up at first. Him putting his hand in the egg beater is not represented in the sound, and the boiling water falling on his head is not represented in okay, the sound. Okay, yeah, those still either. seem like new additions at the end. But yeah. what strikes me as funny is that in production season five, not mm-hmm. season five, what aired? Production season five, there's no Sideshow Bob episode. This huh. is the one is mystery true. episode of the season. Huh. Like, what happened to the waiter? Only Bart knows. Mm-hmm. And apparently Freddie Quimby didn't do it. I've seen this episode 50 times, so I know <laughs> what happened every time I go back to it. But when you're watching it for the first time, you're like, what did happen if Freddie mm-hmm. Quimby didn't beat him? It's a good, it's, it's a good trail to leave for you and to follow and the giant rice crispy square that was pretty cool <laughs> like that, that just seems so impractical how do you yes. serve that thing well and that's such a like cheap thing too but yeah. it's just big like well what would a rich person have at, at normal people's parties except giant make sure it's huge and i bet they changed the line to in the adr but i love that wiggum first notices the bite taken out of the rice crispy square so and the waiters are brutally beaten so right next to him is a guy wearing it is not it is not the face of Freddie Quimby, but he is wearing the same clothes, and he has a drink in his hand, which is what Freddie Quimby left to do. Do you think that that person was supposed to be Freddie Quimby there? So if you went back and watched it, you see Freddie Quimby enter the room, thus giving him an alibi that hmm. you wouldn't notice at first. You know what? Maybe. I can't tell what the intention was on that. They don't They don't mention it in the commentary, you know. Uh, we don't see Freddy again in the, the Quimby estate after that happens. So. But it just looks like off-model of the Freddy they'd yeah, shown. It could be just point. a related Quimby. I, I assume that mm. Freddy storms off with the bottle. I'm going to enjoy this! And then he yeah. walks off. He wouldn't even pour it into a glass, actually. No, he was he just, just drinking it straight up. He was. Which, by the way, he's breaking the law. He's uh, 18. He's rich. He can get away with <laughs> yes. it. Uh, as Marge would say when she finds out the news. It says Freddy Quimby beat a waiter half to death. Those Quimby children are so wild and rich. I hope he finally gets what's coming to him. But Freddy Quimby's innocent. How do you know? There weren't any witnesses. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. You'd think someone would have seen something at a crowded party like that? Well, they didn't, okay? They didn't. It says right here in black and white, no witnesses. Case closed. Let's all read the funnies. Oh, look, Charlie Brown said good grief. Ha, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, I'm glad in hindsight I thought that was them uh, taking peanuts down a peg, but it is It is not. No, I guess not. I mean, it is, it's more a joke on the uh, repetitiveness of cartoon comic I mean, strips. They had a thing for making fun of lame comic strips. I would assume mm. they had more respect for peanuts, but this does feel like that is a very peanuts thing that would happen, mm. uh, the saying of I good grief. I Bart wasn't actually reading it. Um, <laughs> he was he was remarking on something very unremarkable, like, yeah. oh, look, uh, Garfield said I hate Mondays again. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's not, uh, Garfield would work better there than Charlie Brown, but the... It's not exact same joke construction as the Homer, oh, handicap, you wife-beating drunk, <laughs> or that he just sees Marmaduke is the funniest thing in the world. It's not Rex the Morgan same MD. joke. Morgan, MD. Yes. Yeah, you <laughs> You've got, got the, the cure, cure for, for my the daily, daily blues. blues. I love the headline, too, that is Chowder Said Wrong. <laughs> that, uh, Chowder Said Wrong. Though, the, actually, this was the first time I noticed this kind of inconsistency. Uh oh. So they Wiggum arrests Freddie Quimby right there. At, mm. Like based on the photo, they arrested him at the event. But if they did that, like that seems crazy to me. That that the mayor would invite the easily bribable 
Quim, uh, Wiggum to his party and then let him just arrest the the guest of honor he would have just told him like you're not arresting anybody i mean i think wiggum saw as one he was he was so full of uh just hubris and confidence mm. after telling off uh mcbain so he saw as one chance to like i could bust a quimby oh, that's true yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting how they introduce the fact that bart knows he didn't do it with that line there that just like no he's innocent and it's a nice like slow burn until he can finally admit to Lisa that he knows what really happened and that it's I think it's kind of cute that he can befriend Lisa in this and he brings her into the conference. I do like when they work together. You're a witness? Bart, you have to tell the police. I can't. Why? Bart Simpson, I know you cut school yesterday and as soon as I can prove it, I'm shipping you off to the Christian Military Reform School. What he said. Oh, I see. If you testify, Skinner will know you skipped school. Well, if Freddie Quimby didn't do it, I'm sure he'll be found innocent by a fair and impartial jury. Oh, jury duty! I'll see that Quimby kid hang for this! I knew it was a bad idea to watch him open the mail. <laughs> that was a great, uh, very great Mercany touch. Just like, uh, why would they be there? No, it's so... As a kid, the idea of a Christian military reform school just sounded terrifying to yeah. me. Like, it's a great joke because it's all the three kinds of schools children were threatened with to be sent to. Like, yes. Samantha from Bart's Friend Falls in Love uh, was sent to a Christian school. But you also hear, you're going to go to military school or you're going to go to reform school. This is Christian military <laughs> reform school. All the three worst descriptors for school. The most. I went to Catholic school. school. Don't yes. comment. <laughs> the, uh, and then that Skinner is just so petty and mean. This yeah. entire thing is like, no, you missed one day of school. I will destroy you. I forgot. Bart. Everything I learned in the last episode, Bart. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's sticking to his guns. He said he they'd have to be enemies again, and he meant it. Old Donald Duck cartoons led me to believe there were truant officers, people whose job <laughs> it was to bus kids, skip yeah. school. Truant, truant, they'll say. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the government cut back on those truant officers. And the opening mail, I missed that joke a thousand times. Yes. And then like the immediately the next one, yes. I love, I'd never noticed before now. Let's go over to the county courthouse live to Kent Brockman. Ackman, just outside the county courtroom where an argument about chowder has spilled over into the biggest trial in Springfield history. Behind these doors, a federal judge will ladle out steaming bowls of rich, creamy justice in a case the media have dubbed Beat Up Waiter. (laughs) This reporter suggested Waitergate, but was shouted down at the press club. Now it's illegal to televise court proceedings in this state, so we'll have to be quiet. No! All that is so great, but my favorite is just the delay in the live feed. Ackman! Yeah, so Waitergate is a really great term, and I'm mad. I'm also mad with Kent they didn't use it. Beat up waiter. Uh, That joke feels like a joke on joke writing of just yes. that one the the pettiness of a writer in the simpsons writers room per se who's like my joke was better you used beat up waiter that's not as funny as Waitergate. <laughs> Waitergate's great like you can hear it in the commentary sometime where uh, i think it's it was somebody complaining that david x cohen thought up of embiggen or cromulent and he's like no embiggen's better i you you stole my thunder with cromulent i'm glad they used both yeah they're both great but that and yes, the very live feeling of like Ackman here. That's actually a reference to an old bit by the comedians Bob and Ray. Oh, and uh, it's Bob Elliott playing Wally Ballou, a reporter. <laughs> and every time they cut to him, he's oh. he's delayed by a second. So it's like Ballou here with blah blah blah. So this is uh, Jane Curtin introducing him. This is from like a 
a Lorne Michaels produced video with like Gilda Radner and Jane Curtin and a few other people and Bob and Ray for some reason. They're like in their 70s here. And uh, Bob Elliott only makes boxes. I mean, that the voice of the Box Factory guy is Bob Elliott. Since this is a live broadcast, the Finley News team is able to bring you up-to-the-minute, fast-breaking stories. Our crack correspondent, Wally Ballou, winner of 13 Diction Awards, two of which were cufflinks, was in Times Square today and had this report. So come in, please, Wally Ballou. Lee Ballou here at Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> fast-breaking news story that may take... I, I love Bob Elliott's uh, voice. It's Chris Elliott's dad, you uh, might know from Get a Life. Uh, who, yeah, who worked with them, who worked with... David Merkin quite a lot. And he just passed away. Did he really? Just, just now, passed yeah. away. Part of the legacy of Elliot comedians, there's uh, Bob Elliot, uh, his son Chris Elliot, and uh, Abby Chris Elliot's daughter, Al- Abby Elliot. Abby Elliot, yeah. yeah. And did you, uh, did you like the brief return of Scott Christian? Yeah. That could have been anybody throwing to Brockman, but it was Scott Christian, which... That was a season one runner, which, hey, listen to it on the Patreon if you yeah. haven't yet. But it was the season one runner that you would never see Kent Brockman. It would be the evening news with Kent Brockman, then Scott Christian filling in for Kent Brockman. <laughs> so they kind of followed that with just like, he's not, if Kent is not there, Scott Christian fills in That's for right, him. and I like that he is back. But And that Brockman, he recognizes that you can't film in courtrooms, but he's like, so we're just going to cheat. So it is crazy that this episode is airing around when we will get the O.J. Simpson trial. Not yet, not yet. We're still but, like a month and a half away, or a month yes, away, actually. Nicole Simpson is still in, enjoying life at this point, but that... There, we're about to have it, but this feels like a, a Simpson parody, a, a Simpson trial a parody, very rather. parody of it. I mean, the, the Menendez trial was pretty much warm-up for the media for the OJ trial. Yeah, and, but, and another one they'll mention in this uh, in this episode, actually. Uh, yes. This next scene is the You Can Read My Thoughts scene. What I love about <laughs> it, God bless the director, Jeffrey Lynch, uh, who is great. Mm-hmm. This scene requires them to hold on like a still image for a long yeah. time. And this is the funniest Skinner has been drawn and the funniest Homer has been drawn. <laughs> just these still images are just so great. So much emotion packed into their faces. I know you can read my thoughts, Bart. Just a little reminder. If I find out you cut class, your ass is mine. Yes, you heard me. I think words I would never say. I know you can read my thoughts, boy. Bart is showing off his shinning, and we hear macarining as the courtroom artist sketching away. So, this is the Homer singing the Meow Mix commercial ad jingle and this has been around since the 70s uh, oh it's my favorite thing and I never really saw the commercial but in the movie that I loved as a child Hot to Trot that's shown like twice oh, uh, yeah. I would laugh every time and uh, I think Mike Myers sings it as Dr. Evil to Mr. Bigglesworth <laughs> that's but, right so I looked up online there's like a 15 minute compilation of all of the Meow Mix commercials to date mm-hmm. I chose the Close Encounters of the Third Kind parody <laughs> oh, where the cat, the cat is singing the Meow Mix jingle to the spaceship that's repeating oh, that's it back right. And and if you know Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. If you know the movie, you'll get the parody, but it soon soon goes into the Meow Mix jingle you know and love. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Let it go. Express 
Japan cat food has the three flavors cats love best and tastes so good, it's become a universal favorite. Yes, that so, is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I know, in my whole I know life. you love it, Chris. So the spaceship from Close Encounters, which looks like a '60s Christmas ornament, <laughs> it floats down and has the meow mix jingle lyrics running across it as the cat meows to it. It's a great name for cat food. Meow mix is, is good. Very it, alliterative. It's it's almost a little cheap to just be like, and then Homer sings a jingle. Like, what's the last thing you think he'd be thinking? But. Just that meow mix jingle is so funny to hear the way Castellaneta does it. Yeah. And the, what was really hard with getting clips for this whole episode is just that it's like the last four clips were with were all just in the same minute. I didn't cut anything from it. This is it all was, solid gold, this whole yes, courtroom the, stuff. The second act is so goddamn yeah. strong and that this was the first time I never got it as a kid the way the way he says I would think the words I would never say, I now finally click like, oh, Skinner would never say ass out loud. Yeah. He wouldn't swear, but he's thinking ass, and he kind of breaks it. I feel like I could find a season eight episode pretty easily. I'm sure oh. he does. Yes, yeah, where he swears, but it's the it's a thing that a any principal in a school would do of just like, well, I can't swear at school. The children. <laughs> Think of the children. Yeah, and that was Mac Raining. They just to make it extra obvious, he signs it Mac Raining in the <laughs> Mac Raining stamp that is on everything he does not draw of the Simpsons. <laughs> That's back when his hair wasn't gray. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brown haired Mac <laughs> Raining. And it's probably late thirties at this point, or mm-hmm. maybe he's forty. So isn't it weird that Lawyer's voice is yeah. blue haired lawyer, but it's not blue haired lawyer. Very strange. I, if anybody in the comments knows, like if this is based on a specific lawyer from a p- specific court case that they're they're referencing, or maybe they just wanted to shake things up. Up like yeah, it can't be blue-haired lawyer. Blue-haired man. lawyer at, at this point is he exclusively Burns on no. Burns Retainer because we've seen him before. He's the lawyer for any anti-Simpsons cause. <laughs> like anything yeah. the good guys are going up against, he will be the lawyer against it. Yeah, he's even been like for the government prosecutor sometimes. Yeah, it felt like so. And I guess to see how little money the French waiter has, he uh, he has a much worse. <laughs> did we just see Lionel Hutz in the last episode? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, not the last episode. Burns is there. Yeah. He was. We're really using him lightly, but it you know forty seconds of Phil Hartman goes a long way in an episode. That waiter, Mister Lacoste, not only wasn't born in Springfield, he wasn't even born in this country. <gasps> I'll run the phones. From now on, you tell me everything. <laughs> That one that everybody is shocked that this French waiter wasn't born in America and that they could use. But it's a great parody of how lawyers use people's natural prejudices to win cases, except it's funny when used against a cartoon Clouseau-Escoater. He is a uh, a great lawyer in that respect. Mo would definitely take a bribe, but I don't know why they would want Mo as their character witness. Like, there's a million people that... Wait, so, and also, why is Wiggum bribing Mo if Wiggum is the one who arrested uh, Freddie Quimby? It's very mm. weird. Well, that would then seem to imply that Wiggum was pushed to uh, arrest Freddie uh, and he wouldn't have wanted to. Okay. Or maybe he's changed his mind and in some smoky backroom meeting with Joe Quimby, he's I wish been we would have seen that. to do it. That yeah. relationship is over between them, and I love That's that. true. Th- this episode could have really used a scene between Quiggum and... Quiggum and Wimby uh, <laughs> talking about what they're going to do in this. But the but one other thing, uh, it's funny that 
you know, Quimby gives Mo this bribe. Oh, my laundry is here, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the episode Home of the Vigilante, Wiggum, oh, no. Wiggum was given a bribe by Quimby by at a Quimby. bad time. Yeah. Here's your monthly kickback. Yeah. He, he couldn't have picked a worse time. It's just funny <laughs> that he sort of didn't learn anything from that situation. Well, and not only is the blue-haired lawyer not there, but Judge Snyder, as is rare, is not mm-hmm. there either. It's an unnamed woman. He needed a chick on the bench, Henry. It's <laughs> only for that joke. It's the only reason it's not Snyder is for the chicks on the bench joke. Which yes. is is a pretty great joke. And the next All joke, right, Bob, yes. You, so this required a lot of uh, research, and even I'm not sure if I did enough. But I was doing it for like I maybe 40 up. minutes, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot to digest, and no easy answer. So here's the joke. You see, Lisa, they don't need my testimony. Only because Mayor Quimby's buying his nephew's freedom. <sighs> the system works. Just as Klaus von Bülow. Okey doke. So, Klaus von Bülow, it was a very, very uh, infamous and popular case in the 80s. He is a British socialite. He's still alive, and I think he's in his late 80s. Or his 90s. Okay, so Klaus von Bülow, British socialite. Uh, He was tried with the attempted murder of his wife on two consecutive occasions over two consecutive years. So, 1979 and 1980, he was accused of attempted murder on his wife. Honestly, is there a Nobel Prize for attempted chemistry? (laughs) Um, So, he was sentenced to 30 years. He appealed the decision, and here's the kicker. His legal team is – this is wow. a great story. Yeah. His legal team, Alan Dershowitz, of course, who would later mm-hmm. go on to um, Help be the defense OJ. for O.J. Simpson. Help great innocent man. And two uh, Harvard Law School students helped out, two people who are very famous today, mm-hmm. a guy named Jim Cramer, the mad money guy, mm-hmm. the guy what? who was on TV. I'm not sure if he still is, but his thing was to, like, he was sort of the, the morning uh, zoo DJ, but with stocks. Mm-hmm. And he got, <laughs> like, right before the economic collapse, he got a lot of dumb people to invest in dumb shit, and yep. he was always wrong. Yep. And the other guy... Was Elliot Spitzer? Yep. What? Yeah. Who was mostly known as the first Republican to try to eat his own face after a sex scandal? <laughs> wow! And of course, I'm making a joke because if you're caught in a sex scandal, Stop being political. If you're caught in a sex scandal and you're photographed or your press conference is filmed, you are trying to chew your own face off. You're, you're like biting your lip, yeah. like I gotta keep pulling my lip into my fur. You're clenching your entire jaw. Wow! I completely forgot about Elliot Spitzer because of the because Wiener overshadows yeah. him so much now too. Yes. Like. Anthony Weiner is the superstar of those things now. <laughs> but so both those guys help Klaus von Bülow in his appeal, and they win. He's a free man. Right? Yes, and he's a free. And I can't get what the joke is. Is it like money buys freedom? That's what I don't understand. So there was a 1990 movie called Reversal of Fortune, mm-hmm. starring Jeremy's Iron. We all know the famous actor <laughs> yes. playing Klaus von Bülow. Uh-huh. And when I was reading about this, I couldn't. This is such a, this is such a complicated case. It wasn't yeah. like he's always obviously guilty or always obviously innocent. It's just like there's so much we don't know and so much that came out after the fact that it's hard to say and and I'm not sure what this joke is about but we can play the clip of the trailer for Reversal of Fortune with Jeremy's Iron. Yeah, because the the, the trial, if you just read it at a wiki glance, it's like, well, the second trial had a ton of... It was about a woman being shot up by too much insulin. Did the Mm. husband do it? Yeah. And there's a like three dozen more details that come to light it's in like, the second uh, trial and I can't say whether or not it's bullshit yeah it's like oh they, then they found 30 aspirin in her digestive system yeah. and stuff like that so yeah here is a that's going to pick up in the middle of the trailer with him talking to the legal team and stuff until his own family accused him of trying to kill her now a world renowned Harvard lawyer I should tell you that I have the greatest respect for the intelligence and integrity of the Jewish people <laughs> I'm not a hired gun it's the dirsh i got to feel there's some moral or constitutional issue at stake. But I'm absolutely innocent. And a team of law students. 
we have to completely <laughs> obliterate every single aspect of the state's case. Are the only ones who believe in him. Klaus is a scapegoat. He's obviously guilty of something pretty despicable. Insolent. Because almost everyone else believes... <laughs> My lady's not diabetic. ...that anyone with so much to gain... You do have one thing in your favor. Everybody hates you. Well, that's a start. Yeah, so, I mean... It's Ron Silver as uh, Alan Dershowitz. Wow. I, I think a lot of people oh, believe that he did it, and some people think he didn't mm-hmm. do it, and it, it's just so complicated. Well, and it's like two rich families battling because yeah. his, mm-hmm. his wife was from a separate rich family. Like, mm-hmm. he's... he Klaus von Bülow, guess what? He's a very rich man as well, so they're both... It, it's it seems like a very weird tangle, which of course is what tabloids are going to love. Yeah. that kind of fight. And I think ultimately the joke is he bought justice, but only the rich can you know buy the justice they need mm-hmm. because yeah. a poor person would not be able to assemble that defense team like fucking Alan Dershowitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to I'd, save his ass from prison. I'd heard that argument about the OJ case. Most court cases would be could be torn apart in that same level if you had millions and millions of dollars to spend on lawyers that could do that. Mm-hmm. But you probably don't. So, yeah. uh, speaking of smart moves by lawyers, Idle huh. Hutz honestly makes a very good move of hiring <laughs> Hibbert as a expert witness. God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to prove to you not only that Freddie Quimby is guilty, but that he is also <laughs> innocent of not being guilty. I refer you to my expert witness, Dr. Hibbert. Well, only one in two million people has what we call the evil gene. Hitler had it. Walt Disney had it. (laughs) And Freddie Quimby has it. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Hibbert. I rest my case. You rest your case? What? Oh, no, I thought that was just a figure of speech. Case closed. <laughs> one of many Simpsons jokes associating Hitler with Walt Disney. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Merkin, I think it's Merkin. Uh, that evil gene joke, that makes me think of, in the early 90s, a big thing was like finding the gay gene. Like, can we find the gene oh, you're that right. makes people yeah. gay? Well, so so. They, I, I couldn't wrap my head around the Klaus Van Bulow case. Mm. Other than Bart needed to say that so you'd understand why there was a doctor on the stand. Because that's essentially who got him exonerated. That might have made uh, expert doctors famous. Yeah, yeah, doctor testimonies. Which, as in a few months the from this episode airing, O.J. Simpson will make DNA the most important thing. Uh, because it was not, especially in the late 70s. Yeah, yeah. Apu is very conscious is on the jury of t- of revealing that Homer has just been asleep. And Wait, who's minding the quickie mart? <laughs> well, so how is Apu is on the jury? Which eh, hey, another continuity error is that Apu is not a legal citizen, and in oh. fact, when he becomes a legal citizen in the Proposition Twenty Four episode. He is given jury duty notice and throws it away. <laughs> That's true. Oh, Let's wow, see, Henry. See, good see. pull. Good pull. All right. So see another another fireable blunder yeah. on the show. But the Homer's glasses are just such a great, mm-hmm. it's such a great joke. Here's uh, multiple things in this episode remind me of how many hours and hours of Law and Order I've watched that I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, a lawyer shouldn't do that in a big <laughs> trial like this. And one thing is you don't put your client on the stand unless you are totally sure of them. That's for sure. And I guess that is the hubris of not blue-haired lawyer because he thinks that Freddie will definitely win them the case by going on the stand. But Well, therefore, you certainly would never lose your temper over something as trivial as the pronunciation of chowder. That's chowder! Chowder! I'll kill you! I'll kill all of you! Especially those of you in the jury! <gasps> really guilty. 
Wow, that didn't go well. <laughs> He's sounding a bit like Krusty in yes. screaming, but uh, it's like, let's all bask in his gentle decency. <laughs> yes, he's, he's so ready, and then he that he specifically says the people in the jury that he'll kill the jury, especially those of you, <laughs> and that they're they're all ready to call it a, the end of the day, and that. Jasper just wants to get home to watch <laughs> the dolphins from Sequest meet the dog from Frasier. Everybody knows the dog. Eddie's going to ride Darwin. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Sequest was a total fiasco of a show. It was Steven Spielberg makes mm-hmm. a sci fi TV series, a Star Trek for the 90s. Mm-hmm. And that, unfortunately, though, that Star Trek for the 90s was very expensive and constantly interfered with by NBC. It started off as a big hit. And then it got yeah. shifted around on time slots and did so terribly that yeah, I watched it and, and budget slashed, I believe, and budget hugely slashed. And well, because it was the crazy price of one point five million an episode, which mm-hmm. in the early nineties was a lot of for a TV show. And that Roy Scheider from Jaws was the was the captain of the ship. And halfway through the second season, he's like, "Just kill me, I, I'm out of here." <laughs> and they kill him off, and he leaves. Darwin ate him. And so yes, Darwin was the talking smart dolphin, which. Which sounded like this. Swim! Anything yet? He wants to swim, I guess. Swim, Lucas. Swim, Bridger. Bart imagines himself as a lunch lady. I also like that thing. That's, <laughs> that's the one dark future of Bart's he doesn't think is cool. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally. And uh, then the woman being the judge finally pays off and chicks on the bench where Bart still isn't ready to confess to what he knows. Then we get to the third section, which Homer is the absolute star oh. of the third Oh, yeah. Act. He's, He's got so my favorite good. lines. It's this, all about Homer and Skinner. Like, Skinner is all over the place in this yeah. episode. He's like in every part of it. Homer and Skinner are a very underrated duo, as this scene will show, which I think this... Can we call this the line of the show? I think... No. Uh, let's hold our tongues here. Okay, fine. <laughs> What does sequestered mean? If the jury is deadlocked, they're put up in a hotel together so they can't communicate with the outside world. What does deadlocked mean? It's when the jury can't agree on a verdict. Uh-huh. And if? A conjunction meaning in the event that or on condition that. So if we don't all vote the same way, we'll be deadlocked and have to be sequestered in the Springfield Palace Hotel. That's not going to happen, Homer. Let's vote. My liver is failing. <laughs> Where we'll get a free room, free food, free swimming pool, free HBO, ooh, free Willie! Justice is not a frivolous thing, Simpson. It has little, if anything, to do with a disobedient whale. Now let's vote. Uh, how are the rest of you voting? Guilty. Guilty. Okay, fine. How many S's in innocent? <laughs> I'm only doing what I think is right. I believe Freddie Quimby should walk out of here a free hotel. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so many like uh, that those last scene. Yeah. If <laughs> yeah, I just also just like and if, and he explains the conjunction yes. of and if. But yeah, deadlocked. I know I've done that a million times of like w- talking people through things of like okay, so this word means this, and just like the way Homer theatrically presents those words like <laughs> and uh, another great Skinner character moment he views Free free Willy as being about a disobedient whale <laughs> yes that's I will be back in its cage <laughs> so well yeah Free Willy you want to talk about that uh, sure I mean uh, I guess should we wait until we get the parody of Free oh, okay, Willy yes, that, we, yeah. that we don't really see the, mm-hmm. the grisly parts well so then there would be speaking of parodies there was almost a parody and Homer straight up denies the yeah, parody yeah. being allowed to happen you know <laughs> We're kind of like the original odd couple. 
you're the messy one, and I'm shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah, very well. Uh, <laughs> yes, very well. Well, okay, no, okay. This is this is part of a brief season five running series of jokes mm-hmm. where Homer ends a scene with him yelling, "Shut up!" Yeah. Yes, he's on the phone with NASA. And then I, they ask him a question. He says, shut up. They ask him how he got that number. Yes. Shut up. As in denying an explanation to an obvious question. Yeah. And uh, then he's in Moe's bar with Stampy. Mm-hmm. And Moe's like, you're taking advantage of my, my peanut offer. Shut up. Mm-hmm. And here's the third shut up. So yes. it's like it's like a running joke but throughout the season. It is a beautiful joke. I guess you can only do in cartoons. Is that that. Skinner is dressed like uh, Oscar from The Odd Couple. Yeah, and he's he picking up the, uh, the cigar with the umbrella. He yeah, Felix's the cigar. It's like sitcom. you're bracing yourself for it, and to say shut up and just shit all over the joke. You're just is ready really wonderful. for the music to start up and there to be a full on parody of the opening, and then Homer's just like shut up. And I'm saying that obviously because I didn't, I hadn't seen the fucking Odd Couple. I, I I don't even know how I know what the intro looks like now. Uh, but yeah, that, what a great what a great fucking gag. But and, then they do see the uh, the free Willy director's cut, and I, I do like the brief uh, the brief appearance of Nancy. Cartwright as a nod and Bart character. Yeah, he crushed true. our boy. Yeah, that that Free Willy parody is weird. It feels, it feels like, like a critic. I thought it was a critic yeah. joke, and I triple checked. I was like, was that joke also in the critic? And no, I just put it in there in my brain as a critic joke. And like, I think the Mad or Cracked magazine parody that had a cover, mm-hmm. uh, it was Feed Willy, and it was Willy uh, jumping over the rock and biting the boy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But. Free Willy was a real flash in the pan, but it was it was big when it's, we were kids. It's got three sequels. Mm. Uh, it had a Michael, an exclusive Michael Jackson song, yeah, a soundtrack, yeah. big Michael Jackson song, big soundtrack. If you ask Michael Jackson to write a song for a boy, he will do it. I would, I would, uh, I would posit it's the most money Michael Madsen has ever made because hmm. um, he's been in more than one of these. I yeah, thought Elijah Wood was in this, but that's no. Flipper, right? Yeah, that's the Flipper movie. Multiple films, including Flipper. I, I remember when they made that Flipper film, it felt like they thought. Free Willy's eating our lunch. We invented the the sea mammal helping a kid thing. Theirs is just bigger. I spent a lot of dark afternoons watching Flipper on Nickelodeon in that time when they had no original programming. Yeah, but you're just like, well, this is still for kids, unlike everything else on TV right now. Yeah. It was, and I prefer Flipper to Lassie. I'd watch a Flipper. At least it was yeah, in color. It would be in color, yeah. I mean, we yeah. can play a bit of the trailer. No, it's okay. about a whale that uh, doesn't want to be in a whale. zoo anymore, I guess, or a, a holding pen. I don't know. Imagine if the world you lived in, the space you breathed in, and the freedom you played in was suddenly taken away. Imagine if the only person who knew how you felt was a boy who felt it too. Really like him, huh? I don't want to imagine yeah. that. <laughs> but, uh, this is so funny. This is 1993. You can still have a guy saying, in a world That's where true, yeah. imagine. And uh, this was, it kind of capitalized off the anti-whaling boom of the 80s and 50, 90s as well, which is important. Now, to who cares? Like, it's no, not, I can't. No, it's not I know. Like, they're about, no, like, isn't care. SeaWorld kicking out? It's, it's oh, orcas as we SeaWorld's speak. SeaWorld's in big trouble. SeaWorld's yeah. uh, swirling the drain. Yeah. Well, yeah. and Yeah, but South they're getting Park, rid of their orcas. Yeah. Well, and South Park had that perfect episode about it the uh which most people remember for the poker face cover but the the one about stopping the japanese from fishing whales 
and that it ends with the Japanese only killing cows and chickens mm. in the same way, and then they're just like, okay, see, it's fine now. Jeez. It's normal. I, I just, as a little kid, this and Star Trek Voyage Home led me to believe that whales were the biggest problem we had <laughs> as, a, as a species. Yep, we gotta unite for that. Gotta, but, get, gotta save those whales. So I want to spotlight, this is a season five superstar, that he went from being in the Brad Goodman episode it is really just a stitched together ADR line about a character on a, t- a cop TV show yeah. that now gets fully animated for one of like the most like hyper hyper dense jokes they've ever done. It's great, and, and yeah, him. Henry and uh, Bartender Child. The the show ends with um, Homer yelling about McGarnagle. Yes, but we never see McGarnagle. That that ending was all created in editing, mm-hmm. yes. not with any animation. It was all like stitched together stuff. But we actually see McGarnagle now, mm-hmm. and I think they're using him because they, they can't use McBain. They can't yeah. do McBain parodies. Mm-hmm. So this well, is more of a dirty. Harry, mm-hmm. yeah, guy. but a TV show Dirty Harry yeah. too. So, but I, I but love McGarnagle. His chief is McBain's chief. It's the same, yeah. Which I guess they hired the same actor <laughs> in, in in world. I mean, next to McGarnagle, McGarnagle is framed for a crime he didn't commit, and only one witness can clear his name. A little sissy boy who's too scared to come forward. You gotta tell him what you saw, Billy. But I'm so scared, McGarnagle. You gotta do this one for me, Billy. McGarnagle. Okay. For you, McGarnagle. Well, McGarnagle, Billy is dead. He slit his throat midway. Hey, I'm trying to eat lunch here. Huh. Billy is dead. So in 30 seconds, they say McGarnagle six times there. McGarnagle was invented by George Meyer as a funny name. Yes. McGarnagle. Well, you know. Maybe it's just because I watched Look Well recently, but it reminds me of the naming convention running gag they had in the Look Well pilot of, uh, oh yeah, you were uh, Bannigan. No, that was George Kennedy. (laughs) You were, oh, you were Mannix. No, like this, the McGarnagle sounds like a 70s cop show name. It really does. Like the the overly complicated name. And that, that they just drop it in the episode like, Oh, a child is murdered on this show. They just nobody really. McCarnacle doesn't care. He gave a child bad advice. And yes, it was inconveniencing his lunch hour, and it, it works like an itchy and scratchy cartoon that could have scared Bart. But instead, it's a McGarnagle episode that does it. And then, speaking of dark things, this story Marge tells it means a lot to her character background. This is like the uh, Charles Starkweather case we yes. talked about in Homer Loves Flanders, where uh, except it's a member of their family who went on a spree killing, seemingly. Marge's brother, yes. Mom, what if there's a really bad, crummy guy who's going to jail, but I know he's innocent? Well, Bart, your Uncle Arthur used to have a saying. Shoot them all and let God sort them out. <laughs> Unfortunately, one day he put his theory into practice. It took 75 federal marshals to bring him down. Now let's never speak of him again. <laughs> Mom. 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 <laughs> What if I can get this guy off the hook? Should, should I do it? Honey, you should listen to your heart and not the voices in your head. Like a certain uncle did one gray December morn. Oh, so dark. Yeah, Marge really paints a picture, a yes. gray December morn. So, and I guess we never hear about Uncle Arthur after this. As she said, never speak Wait, of him again. Was Marge, he, a, was Marge he is, bewitched or something? Yeah, that is not Uncle Arthur, but that he is Barry, she has buried it that deep, and it makes you wonder, like, so, is the Uncle Arthur, is she calling him Uncle Arthur because that was her uncle and would actually be Bart's great-uncle Arthur, or is that her brother? Is there an unspoken mm. of brother of Marge's who did those things? The lost like, Bouvier, yeah, I don't I know. know. It's But it's 
it is a horrifying joke, but that they give it to Marge. It's I like when they find new things to do with Marge that isn't just what what are you guys doing in there? What are you doing? She's good What's at repressing that? her emotions. Also, I feel like she actually fears that Bart will uh, inherit this madness, oh. and that's why she's like, "Don't oh. listen to the voices in your head, Bart." You that's, know? Oh my God, that's right. She's worried that this question from Bart is just like. Well, wait, you're not you're yeah. not developing this psychological issue too, are you? Bart makes his decision. It's a very flimsy but funny excuse that the judge gives of like why this unconstitutional thing is <laughs> happening. But at least from what I've learned on Law and Order, having a member of the jury's son be the major witness in a case would be a mistrial immediately. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, oh, well, this surprise witness is related to a jury member. I think the you end. mean a bad court thingy. A bad court <laughs> thingy. But, but Bart finally reveals that it was actually... Uh, the waiter falling down. Lacoste fell down in a Clouseau-esque fashion. The animation, I think of the clip for it, but the animation yeah. of him tripping on the it's chair great. is so great. The way you feel the physicalness of the chair rolling around in his feet. I love when he falls into the oven. It's yes, really great yeah. animation. And the boiling water pouring on him. He should be disfigured. I know. And, and then the tower of uh, glasses, wine glasses falling yeah. on him. It's all perfect. And that he that he refuses that ugly stereotype, but he is the <laughs> ugly stereotype. He was so embarrassed by his own uh, clumsiness, he sued another man to cover it up. <laughs> he wouldn't admit it. Yes, that, that confession comes at a cost. How could you have seen all this, Bart? Weren't you supposed to be in school? I sort of skipped school. I knew it! I knew you'd slip up sooner or later, Simpson. What slip up? What are you talking about? He confessed it. Quiet, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so sad, like, quiet, I need this. Like, and, <laughs> I mean, the uh, the ending really underlines how just what a tiny man Skinner is yes. and just how he it. does need this. <laughs> well, it's, yes. it's a tiny victory in his pathetic life. You testified for the Quimby boy even though it was putting your own head in a noose. On the other hand, you skipped school. I guess the two things cancel each other out, huh? I'm a small man in some ways, Bart. A small, petty man. Three months detention. Oh. Wait a minute, Bart. Make that four months detention. <laughs> what an asshole. Another and another great like murkiny F you uh, yeah. to to the script as well. Just like you thought this was gonna be him softening. It's him yeah. it's him hardening. There's no change of heart. Yeah, and again, a small petty man. Yeah. Like, you can admit it. And then they didn't do a ton with it, but Homer stealing the stuff from the hotel was pretty funny, and especially that off-screen Barney thing of him <laughs> just getting smashed with a table. Yeah. And lower, yeah, lowering furniture out of the window. Yeah. It's like, oh, these are, these are souvenirs. We're supposed to take them. <laughs> lowering them out of a window from, like, they are on, like, the 20th floor or something, too. But you figure they'd stop that the first one. They'd be like, no, you're lowering stuff out of the window. But, but yeah, we cut to the Simpsons' uh, bedroom, and they're just surrounded by hotel property. You know, a lot of things happened around here while you were gone. <laughs> Great, Marge. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> Give me those. Oh. And those. Oh. And those. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, Homer has the last we think of his... Uh, Awake glasses mm-hmm. stolen and broken. Uh, I love those awake glasses. They're great. Well, all right. We didn't name a best line of the episode then. What oh, is man. the line I of the episode? I think it's the children who are wrong. It has okay, to be, right? you're right. Well, then that, let's see that, that or, one more time. That or innocence. Why, there are no children here at the 4-H club either. Am I so out of touch? No. It's the children who are wrong. That is the joke. Yeah! That's the joke. 
It's the most enduring line. I just yes. love it. It will live it on should forever. should be a free hotel. Like, that's, <laughs> that's beautiful writing. Yeah, I, I love them. Uh, they're they're both really? great. Yeah, but the... The, the the children who are wrong is the most timeless one. I just didn't want to have our Wikipedia page say we didn't pick a line of the episode oh, yeah, for this show, yeah. so we have to do it. We can't let them down. Uh, we got No Boy Bobby, too. So, yeah. yeah, that was a boy who knew too much. A, a really super densely joke-packed episode after a great but also very grounded episode mm-hmm. that came before it. I think it's... Uh, I mean, Skinner uh, didn't learn a damn thing from yes. that last episode, but he's still, like, at the top of his game, like, one of the mm-hmm. best Skinner episodes. Homer gets a lot to oh, do. Yeah. Marge gets a lot to do. Bart gets a lot to do. Uh, just a great season five episode altogether. Yep. This mm-hmm. is the... There are two sides of the same coin this episode. Like, this is the dark brother of the uh, much more touchy-feely episode before it. And it it is just a great, super jokey episode. And that can start with a story of kid playing hooky to then be a courtroom dr- a celebrity yeah. courtroom drama Which and it all works. Phil Hartman comes back too just everybody's here yeah. yes yeah it's it's an all-star episode a really great one and it's showing too that season five even as it's getting towards the end it yeah. is not running on fumes they are still going strong if you remember to our season four uh, episodes towards the end of that I mean we, we saw what was happening we saw the fatigue mm-hmm. in people we saw what happens when you're starting a new show while finishing the old yes. one uh, a lot of <laughs> yeah. Distraction. So yeah, I'm glad season five is remaining is is remaining stable and funny and good, and mm-hmm. I think it will until the end. So I know the next two episodes, so I feel pretty they sure are, they yes, are. The last they... one, the last episode of season five is very very low key, but it's still funny. I mm-hmm. I freaking love that. And it one. is a Greg Daniels episode. So yeah, that was Talking Simpsons. Yeah, I have been your host Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast every Monday and occasionally extra episodes on Friday at Retronauts.com. Uh, find it there or search for Retronauts in your podcast device. Anything you listen to podcasts with, we'll find it. You can download episodes you want to listen to. I recommend the ones that we did. <laughs> we did episodes about Bart versus the Space Mutants, Bart's Nightmare, and mm-hmm. the Simpsons Arcade Game. Start with those and branch out. I think you'll like it. And I'll let Henry talk to you about the Talking Simpsons yes. Patreon, which is exploding. My purse exploded. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, hey, thanks again to everybody who has been giving to the Patreon and supporting us. You are making the show happen. Bob and I didn't have to keep doing a soul-crushing job for that. And uh, whenever new episodes go live, you can follow me uh, on Twitter to find out about that too, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. But, of course, if you were, if you have the Patreon app on your phone, you'll get updated every time a new post goes live. And uh, in case you don't know... Every episode now goes up a week early on Patreon while going up on the classic feed. And there's a ton of other exclusives on there, too. My favorite that I keep wanting to push people to. I mean, obviously, the second episode of Talking Critic is really great. But there's also our interview with Paul Provenzano, who tells us so many very interesting things about working on the early Simpsons games, including Bart's Nightmare and Virtual Springfield. That's really, really cool. So, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I also wanted to point out that all of our bonus content, you don't have to listen to it through Patreon, the website, or the mm-hmm. app. Anything you use to listen to MP3s or podcasts, you can plug in the code you'll get when you when you sign up, and you can listen to all the bonus content through that. I, mm-hmm. I use Downcast. You can also use iTunes, any podcast device, Overcast. any program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have switched from the iTunes thing to Overcast. I really like it quite a lot. Yeah, so. third-party ones are the way to go, I think. Speaking of podcasts, yes. uh, uh, Laser Time, uh, you guys just came on and we talked about not a specific episode of The Simpsons, but it's, it's fucking impact and longevity. Uh, it was a lot of fucking fun. Why am mm-hmm. I cursing so much? <laughs> Without plugging the fart episode, which mm-hmm. I might as well, like, somebody kill me. I don't think I'll ever do better than that. <laughs> you, you've topped out. It really was. Yeah. Like it would have been the last episode finale. of Laser 
time. Should have been, but it isn't. And there's a follow-up video game video on uh, YouTube.com slash LazerTime. Uh, let's call it Gaming's Greatest Farty Butts Remastered. Wow. No Simpsons in there, but a lot of other 90 cartoons you might recognize. A wall-to-wall characters farting set to classical music. It better be in 4K, Chris, or I am taking my money away. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Talking Simpsons. Next week, we're going to dig into Lady Boopie's Lover. See you then. Infotainment.